did it! Oh my god! Okay. Another uh, sold out afternoon show. Oh my god! It's there's probably four hundred thousand people here yeah, today. Fantastic! Holy the, shit! I think they broke the, the record. The entire city of San Francisco is here. right Unbelievable! Now. We had to pay off the fire marshal. It was insane. You guys are amazing that you would show up at one o'clock on a Saturday. Oh my god! You guys are nuts. Ice water, cans of beer. Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> say hipsters drinking paps. They're good for you. All right. Yep. Did you forget to wear your ironic scarf? Um, making fun of the seven people that are here. Really yeah. smart. Yeah, that's great. That's half the audience I just made fun of. <laughs> Why don't you make fun of them for forgetting their ski caps now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, they should have worn them. Yeah. Um, well, San thank Francisco, you guys so much. This is our first ever live show in the, the Bay Area. Yeah, I've right. Been, it's fantastic. Come yeah. On. I haven't been in San Fran in a while either. Too. It's great to be back. I, uh, um, you know, I didn't get picked up at the airport, and people never pick me up for shows. I mean, if you listen to the Hawaii episode, left at the hotel lobby, and uh, now I didn't get picked up, and I had to take a cab. But here's the best thing. You say uh, that like, what a savage. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, you I know. had to ride with regular people yeah, like some sort well, of community I may car. as well have been on a stagecoach. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's funny how, like, San Francisco, keeping the cliches alive, uh, there was no line for the cab uh, stand, and then I found out why. Not one word of English. I had to type in the hotel's address into his GPS. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then I ended up in Monterey. <laughs> I had to do um, public radio in Berkeley. And is they, there any other kind? Is in there, Berkeley? Yeah, do they have any corporate anything there? Uh, and they, were, they, they emailed me because we're here for a San Francisco Sketch Fest. Round of applause for that. That's yes, awesome. Great to be here. And the festival was like, now, Graham, do you want someone to pick you up at, at your hotel and take you to, out to Berkeley? Or should you take, you want to go BART, public transportation? I was like, if I showed up in a car to public radio in Berkeley, wouldn't I get arrested for, like, a hate crime or something yes. like that? When they just be like, take your murder vehicle elsewhere, and then throw blood on me. Did you um, have to speak into a microphone made of hemp? Yeah, it was. It was a hemp microphone. And the, the co-host, it was so sweet, because I'm so used to doing, um, you know, on the road, do so much morning radio where it's like, all right, you know, coffee and jab jab live, you know, yeah. like. We're going to be at the pack and play a little later. <laughs> Giving out free milk. <laughs> free milk. Get your coffee at Jam Jam Frisbee. We're going to throw it at kids because they're stupid. You know, like, no fat chicks. <laughs> or whatever they're From horrible. 12 to 12.30, be yeah. there. Yeah, I'm used to that. And then you get to public radio. The co-host pulls up on her bicycle in a vintage dress. Like I'm like, you're exactly what I thought a Berkeley public radio DJ would look like. And you're so used to that, like, all right. And then, you know, it's like, uh, today on KPFA, we are going to discuss the economic impact of Syria's uh, Assad regime in the Middle East and how the mass uh, genocide is affecting the local economy. But first, from the Comedy Film Nerds podcast... <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like, all right, who wants some comedy? Like, the drought is murdering people in this village in Africa, but Graham, you now have a program that you're going to tell on jokes the about. On the internet. Where you talk about movies, go. What's that like? Um, it's fun. Did the whole studio smell like patchouli? <laughs> it's just, it's just well, all of San Francisco smells like patchouli <laughs> and weed um, 24-7. So, uh, and I've noticed driving through uh, San Francisco, there are a lot of women that look exactly like Emily Watson. <laughs> the whole city. I'm not sure why. 
But yeah, the whole yeah, they are all in the audience. They're yeah. like, "Wow, fuck you, Chris! Yeah. <laughs> you cab taking yeah. dick." I could have been Hermione. Uh, <laughs> it's reference <laughs> weirdo. Um, all right, so let's we first of a, all we got a huge show. We do have a huge show. First of all, we guys welcome. This is uh, we're gonna it's Saturday. We're gonna drop this next week, so this will be episode one hundred ninety-seven. Fantastic. Halfway to three ninety-four. Yep. <laughs> we can't wait. That 394 party is going to be off the chain. Oh my God. I can't wait for 394. What are we going to do for 394? It's going to be a very special episode. We are going to. You have, say that every yeah. week. Yeah. You say yeah. every week is a special episode. I'm just waiting for you one week to go, today, mm, not that great. Today's show is going to be kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris is the eternal optimist. Yes. I think it's going to be an amazing show. I think we're going to have guests. And jokes and talk about movies. It's going to be fantastic. That's episode 394. That's not today. No, no, We're not no, going to no, have no. guests or jokes you today. Um, no, we, we, we have a great show for you guys. Um, so, yeah, episode 197. Um, I would, uh, what do we talk about? First, we're going to talk about, uh, we hit a milestone for the Kickstarter campaign for Earbuds, the, uh, Podcasting uh, the podcast documentary. documentary. We're now at 10% funded with 30 days to go. Yeah, so. that's right. Thank you, guys. We want to thank everybody for uh, contributing right now. And then also, if you haven't contributed, please to, uh, um, try to do so in the next 29 days. That'd be, <laughs> if, if that'd be helpful. It's kind of important. Uh, but I want to give a shout-out, too, to some of the, uh, the podcasters who are donating, yes. too. Uh, um, Thrilling Adventure Hour and Kevin Pollack also gave to the uh, campaign. Which is very so. cool. Yeah. Um, and Chris and I are going to be, you know, we're doing interviews. We're going on every podcast that we possibly can to talk about it. So you will hear us coming up. We're and doing... every community radio program <laughs> so run every, by hippies every will also be. Publicly funded, <laughs> yes, hippie show. We will do anything. <laughs> At this point, I would go on fucking Bill O'Reilly if I had to. <laughs> to be like, yeah, Bill, you're right. Obama's a socialist. Anyway, go to the Kickstarter campaign. Yes. Um so, yeah, it's a, if you go to ComedyFilmNerds.com. Yeah, take America back. Yeah, take America yeah. back. Yeah, the war on Christmas. Totally yeah, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how about this podcasting <laughs> documentary? I would warm myself out anywhere. Yeah, the Ku Klux Klan. Good organization. Anyway, go to Kickstarter, guys. Um, so that you can listen to that. We're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be on Eddie Ives' podcast, Talking Shit, because he yes. was just on the show. I'm doing the Sklar Brothers. I'm going to be on Todd Glass. We've got a lot of stuff um, coming up. Yeah, Lionel and Libby will be on Todd Glass as well, for those of you Todd Glass fans. Um, and we want to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. We also want to mention that this episode is also sponsored by uh, Downcast, the Aw, app shit. for your podcast. Now, a lot of you guys, have you gotten Downcast yet? It's a great app. It's goddamn amazing. Better. It's only $1.99 and it manages and organizes every single one of your podcasts and is now all compatible with every single Mac you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Anything Apple makes, it is now compatible with. <laughs> Just everything. Yes. Everything Mac, right. It'll work for everything but The Mac a, backpacks, uh, Yeah, the all Mac backpack, it. everything. Works yeah. for all of it. The, um, yeah, the Mac tablecloths, everything. <laughs> Mac makes tablecloths? Oh, yeah. They're great, yeah. They're they, great. They, I, love they, yeah. A, yeah. I love how they're I'm great. the asshole that doesn't yeah. know what those know what are. what you're talking about. Think different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Think different. All right. I'm having a reception. Um, I don't know what kind of tablecloth to get. So Here one. comes Steve Jobs to save my catering business. He's dead. Way to bring that up. Yeah. Nice. Um, Is he? What? He's alive. They kept his brain in a jar, you guys, right down the road in Cupertino. So downcast, $1.99. <laughs> That's how we do an ad read. Yeah. We talk about Steve Jobs' brain in a jar. Um which is why you should get downcast. And yeah, and also Steve Jobs' brain in a jar still gets a third of every app revenue. Yeah, it does. So, um, cuz Keeping a brain in a jar, not cheap. No, it's expensive. It's not cheap at all. I've seen Futurama. Anyway, uh, 
<laughs> I think we should really get right into it and introduce our... Ne- our oh, no, we got no, trivia. No, dude, we got trivia. Oh, we got God. giveaways. We have giveaways. It wouldn't be a lie. Come on now, you guys. means... This crowd is so huge that half of you are going to get prizes. Yeah, so we've got four prizes. You have a very good shot in winning something. All right, here's what we're going to do. Our first prize is going to be uh, a Snag Films hat. These are the last two on the face of the earth, you guys. Oh, shit. We don't say that ironically. We're, we actually made these hats for Snag, they and we have the only inventory. They, this is literally the last two Snag hats. We've got to deal with them. We're like, you know, we can do swag. They're like, well, what's that? How do you do that? We're like, just send us a logo. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll put a logo on anything. That'll be $15,000. Yeah. We'll, anyone has a baby, you want to put us a logo? We'll put a logo on your baby and sell it as an app to Steve so Jobs' brain. This will be Kitten Hands trivia, so those of you that are not familiar with it, we will... Uh, we're, it's a little different. We're normally, yeah, we are going to do Kitten Hands trivia. trivia. One Kitten Hands trivia, but we're going to do kind of since this is a we're in Oscar season, so this show is going to be what today's show is going to be. Our, when we uh, bring our two of our guests, we got three guests. We got a very special guest first, and then our two other guests. Uh, but we're going to talk. We're gonna, <laughs> That's not that sounded shitty. Yeah. That's not shitty. Yeah, that was... One guy's great. Those other two assholes. Yeah. Last minute pickups. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was horrible. We're bringing them out in order of importance. Yeah. Yeah. So don't stick around for the end of the show because those guys are horrible. No, we yeah, have the shows front loaded. We have three very amazing guests, all different levels of abilities and talents. Yeah. We're all special. We're all God's children. You guys are all unique yeah. creatures. You're all like snowflakes, you guys. Yeah, and two of them have great personalities. <laughs> <laughs> One doesn't? All right. You guys are going to have to figure out which is the dead weight of the, which is the guy that sucks. Let's go on Twitter and vote. That guy was the worst. Um, but before we do that, yeah, so it is sort of an Oscar-themed show. We're going to talk about, we're going to go through the history of, like, uh, all the best picture winners and kind of talk about um, all four of us when the guests are up here which ones are our favorites so that's an Oscar theme show and then later we'll obviously a couple weeks down the road we'll do an Oscar like we'll go into our picks we do that every year with Doug Benson so that'll be next month because the Oscars are March 2nd alright so Oscar theme so the questions today um, we're gonna do just first uh, the first three questions are just going to be straight questions straight like tr- Oscar trivia questions and the last one will be the the Kitten Hands trivia Kitten Hands trivia that we've done in the past where you Take a line, a classic line from a movie, like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. And we'd say, these aren't the kitten hands you're looking for. And you'd have to say, droids, then you'd win. That was kind of weird. I and the name backwards. of the movie. And the yeah. name of the movie, which would be, which would be Star Troopers. Gallipoli. <laughs> Gallipoli. <laughs> there was droids in Gallipoli. You remember? They're World War I fighting. Uh, the Australians were fighting. The Turks and the yeah. droids came in. Great. <laughs> Look up Gallipoli, and that joke will become a lot funnier to you. Um, all right, so here's just raise your hand. First hand I see, uh, we'll get a shot. First over the snag at first, first trivia. Okay, what two films have received the most nominations in the history of the Oscars? Nobody knows anything. All right, um, I'll give you a hint. Um, there's two movies. They both have received 14 nominations. So think of all the classic movies. Why don't I give them the years? Give them the two no, years. No. The first one they're never going to get. Uh, 1951. Yeah, no one's going to know the, that. And it is about... Ben-Hur? Ben-Hur? No, sir. Uh, I'll give you another hint for the first one. 1951, and it focuses around uh, live theater. 
That was so cryptic. <laughs> I don't know what that is, and I'm looking at the answer. Okay, this gentleman over here to the left. What? Have you seen Singing in the Rain? Where in life, where's Gene Kelly doing live theater when he's literally singing in the rain? Like, don't say Macbeth, it's bad luck. Okay, here's another hint. Now I know who the drama students are. Thank you, though. Go ahead. Yes. That is correct. Uh Next one. What's the next one? 1997. You have a chance to answer, young lady. What's your name? Yes. That's correct. Very good. There you go. I know. Your husband or boyfriend gave you the second answer. You guys are going to have to cut that hat in half. Um, <laughs> he gave both the answers. He gave both the answers? Well, you've earned the hat, sir. Um, so what are your guys' names? Chris. Uh, Chris and Paul. And you guys have listened to this show for a while, or you just walked in off the street? No, no. We actually we even have the book. You even have the book? Oh, wow. Fantastic. Nice. Way to go, nerds. Give them a round of applause, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Okay, now this one... All right. It's a little easier, I think. This one's a little easier because there's, there's a name that you're probably going to guess immediately. Um, and again, we'll do, another, we'll do another Snag Films hat. Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Um, what actor has received the most nominations? In the back. Tom Hanks. Incorrect. <laughs> actor, male or female? Actor in the generica. Hey, all right. Yeah. There you go. There's your hat. Thank you so much. Do you want to know how? Do you know how many? If you tell me how many, a bonus, we'll give you a bonus gift. Eleven. Wrong. You get nothing. Uh, no, it's seventeen. But thank you for seventeen. Thank yeah. you for guessing. All right, next question. Well, she gets one a year. She gets one a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, seventeen. Uh, the um, okay most nominated male actor. Oh, mm. that would be correct, wow, young lady. Congratulations, good. you get a Graham Elwood Palm Strike Dance Party CD. How about that? And just uh, it was uh, how many do you think? Bonus, close twelve. Close. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> my game show host voice mm, good try though we'll be right back after this we wanted you to get that one right oh darn it um, alright now we're going to do the last for the last uh, last one you're going to receive uh, a download of my album Palm Strike Dance Party and the comedy film nerd guide to movies that uh, Chris and Paul own and a free lanyard right and a free yeah, you get a free <laughs> lanyard that's definitely part of it you get a lanyard you can clip that onto something or whatever if you collect ears um, you can do that I'm sure there's a lot of ear collectors here today uh, alright now you have to give I'm going to substitute two words with kitten and hands from this famous line of dialogue so you got to tell me the words that I'm substituting and the movie ladies and gentlemen remember don't yell out raise your hands they can take our kitten but they can never take our hands Sir, guess what? You're the big winner, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Congratulations. And that was uh, Mel Gibson. And that was pre-drunken neo-Nazi. Or or was it? Or was it? Yeah, that was just that we didn't know about it. Um, I remember when he got arrested. Pre-cameras everywhere. Pre-cameras everywhere. When he got arrested in Malibu on the Pacific, on the PCH, and he, that cop was a female sheriff pulled him over he's like I own Malibu sugar tits um, then right after that I was driving up PCH to go surfing and the welcome to Malibu sign someone 
spray painted an E over the A, so it said Malibu. <laughs> Classic. Good times. Clever taggers. Um, all right. Well, let's bring our um, let's bring our, our first guest. Our first guest. Now this this <laughs> our first guest. Let's just number them. From let's now just on. number our guests. Number one. Uh, very special guest. Uh, we're so lucky to have gotten him. Well, it's, he has a really busy production schedule. He's a huge it's unusual star. Unusual that we would have him. Uh, we, were, here. we we had two guests booked. We have two great guests, and then this guy last minute was like, "Hey, I'm in town. He's done the show once before. He's a giant name, dude." Um, we're very lucky to have him here. That's a big movie out right now. It's a huge movie out, so his schedule, he doesn't have a lot of time, so I had to get him on early. So, ladies and gentlemen, if we could please welcome to the stage Mr. Mark Wahlberg, ladies and gentlemen. Come on out here, Mark. <laughs> He's... Lone Survivor. It's Lone Survivor. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Very accurate. There he is, greeting the fans. He loves the people. The people love him. He is... Uh, Truly an American talent and a genius. Yeah, he's growing out with a dude. This is really excellent. So, um, Mark, great to have you here. How are you guys doing? You doing good? <laughs> so, Mark, um, first of all, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Um, I'm happy to make it better. <laughs> you are definitely making it better. And no question. Our fans appreciate it. So let's let's talk about a little bit. You've got a new movie out, Lone Survivor. I do have a new movie out. I got two more coming out next week, but that's cool. We haven't started promos for those yet. Okay. Uh, Lone Survivor's out right now. It's a fucking great movie. You guys should go see it. It's about America being badass. It's what I fucking do. Um, so you- it keeps making money. People. So what? Att- what attracted you to the project, Lone Survivor? Uh, first of all, they were like, "Hey." Mark, we want to make a movie. And I'm like, I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) And then they said, it's a movie. It's called Lone Survivor. And I'm like, hold on right there. Am I the Lone Survivor? And they go, you are the Lone Survivor. And I'm like, let's fucking do it. How do you tell me anything else? If it's a movie where no one else can make it and I can, fuck, that's my life, bro. Right. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fall to the wayside like Donnie. (laughs) <laughs> trying to get on a CBS show no thanks so yeah uh, they put me in this movie and then they had everybody else trained so that they could get up to the physical capacity that I am at every day um, then I grew my hair out for like some character work right right and uh yeah, we fucking did it. We used real bullets in that fucking movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Those are real bullets. Yep. These people were like, that's fine. Just shoot at us. I'm like, no, we're going to... Let's do a real mission. <laughs> so we went to, like, I don't know, some place. It was either Afghanistan or, like, South America. I don't remember. But we were in a real place. <laughs> and we just started lighting fuckers up. So there wasn't a lot of training, at least on your end. You just showed up, and then you were kind of ready to go. Oh, yeah. I already had a hat. Oh. I'm like, you guys provide the rest. I'll bring a hat. Let's fucking do this. Now, were you here's a- the deal, though. No one else, they didn't, no one else actually died. I told him, I'm like, Emil Hirsch, if you die for this fucking movie, they're going to remember you forever, bro. He was like, no, no, no. I want to do more shit. I'm like, all right, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> you already now, were, did were, a movie with me. What else? Were you a yeah. little apprehensive about making this movie because it wasn't set in Boston? <laughs> Here's the deal, okay? Whenever I do a movie that's not actually in Boston, 
and I learned this back in 1998, I just tell myself, what if this was Boston? <laughs> right, like the hills, the ragged hills of Boston are just like... Right. What if, you, what if there was like a ton of fucking trees everywhere? <laughs> what if there were goat herders in Boston? Sure. Why not? Right? And then I just do that and then I like pretend that the goats are taxi cabs or whatever. And then I just tell myself like, this is sort of Boston because when I was fucking growing up, a lot of people don't know this. I don't like to talk about it. I would just like hang out at my house and shoot at people. <laughs> So you can put me wherever you want. You just, I'll just pretend like, oh, this cliff is my house. Those are innocent bystanders. I'll fucking shoot at them. Right. And right. then that's how we do it. And you make a great fucking movie, you put my name on it, $100 million. Now, did you have a lot of... Uh... <laughs> so Lone Survivor, has Lone Survivor come close to making $100 million? Uh, here's a, I worked it out with the studio that I'm like, if you get within 70, I'll pick up the rest. Oh, <laughs> so you'll just buy $30 million in tickets and give At them the end of the day, all people remember is 100 bucks. So who cares how you win as long as you get the W? Yeah, yeah. That's you know what I'm saying? Great point. Yeah. It makes sense, too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we know this movie was supposed to come out in March. We moved it up. Okay. Still waiting to get some nominations for it. Uh... For this, like. this, this year that just... Yeah, that's why we, you know, we released it in the big cities like before December 31st so it could come out last year because then we could get nominated for like Oscars and stuff. I'm currently petitioning the Oscars to amend their uh, nomination so that you know, maybe they didn't get a chance to fucking see it. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> maybe their car broke down. I don't know what poor people do. But <laughs> I told them, I'm like, if you go fucking check this movie out, obviously I'm in it. Right. So what, what, what Oscars do you think Lone Survivor should be getting? I think it should get the trifecta. Sound mixing. <laughs> <laughs> Those guns didn't sound like that on set. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, we blew up a helicopter, so that's got to be some sort Special of... Special effects. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why give it to the fucking Hobbit dude all the time? Right, right. That guy makes three movies with midgets and he gets to fucking win an award? We got real life tall people running around. Get... You know what I'm saying? That's harder to shoot. You gotta pull back farther. This fucking, he could be in real close and get the whole fucking shot. They're just little people. Right. Um, and then best actor, point. obviously. Yeah, best actor, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a fucking given. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's Did a... you cry? Yeah, yeah. Now, now did you, you did have a... Uh... A little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. It was a Me touch... too, bro. Let it out. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for the freedom to do that. Did you... <laughs> hey, that freedom wasn't free. I fucking worked hard on that movie so you could have that oh, freedom. Well, that actually brings me to my next question. Did you have a lot of creative control on this movie? Now that you're a big star, do, are, are you able to, to influence the production a little bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. In the movie, all right? Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. We fucking find these little goat herders, okay? And one of them, they were like, I was like, let's make it a kid. Let's put a fucking kid in this. One, family movie. <laughs> uh, Lone Survivor is a great family movie. Two, bring your small children to this. Oh, yeah, make them fucking learn about how we fought for their rights and shit. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other deal. Two, I was like, you need a weak link. Fucking weak. I got a weak link. Donnie. <laughs> it keeps me humble where I'm like, oh, shit, there's people who it doesn't go, everything don't go perfect for them like me. Look right. at Donnie. Yeah, Some yeah. of us get to be Mark Wahlberg. Some people have to date Jenny McCarthy. That's how life goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen her in her blue picture? Like that blue commercial? Yeah. Yeah. No, dude. 
<laughs> it looks like somebody with expert Play-Doh skills recreated her face. <laughs> but like really good Play-Doh fucking skills. Right, right. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was like, let's put a fucking kid in this movie. Like, well, there's no kid in the real deal. I'm like, I wasn't in the real fucking deal. I didn't actually go do this, and I'm in it. Let's put a fucking kid in it. So we put a little kid in it, and then we drew a little mustache on him so it looked like he was growing up. <laughs> that was me, too. Oh, really? That was yeah. you? I got all the fucking tips. Do you see Boogie Nights? Yeah, yeah. I'm the one who's like, let's take my dick out. <laughs> let's do it. So I, I, that's a good question you bring up. How come you haven't worked more with Paul Thomas Anderson since Boogie Nights? Like, he's, a lot of movies have come out, and... and uh, because he obviously can't evaluate talent. Oh, right. So he keeps putting this fucking shoemaker from Ireland in his fucking movies. Uh, Daniel Goodtime Lewis, or whatever the fuck his name is. He puts him, and then the fat dude with the blonde hair, who was uh, the boom mic operator with that oh, fucking... Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, dude. I'm like, I wouldn't even wear that tight of a fucking tank top. And he's like, ha, 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 it's good. I'm like, <laughs> it ain't fucking good, bro. It doesn't look good. Uh, so I keep asking, but we're going to work on something else. You know, I told him, I was like, let's make like a George Washington movie and I'll be the dude. Oh, yeah, you'll be, you'd be a great George Washington. I've been in a boat before. I can go across the fucking river. <laughs> right. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Is that currently in development, the George Washington movie? Uh, I told him, I go, if you want to shoot this by April, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I got to wrap up Transformers 4, which I'm doing right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, are you ready for this fucking movie? Um, we are. Yeah, we are definitely ready. Just for so you know, comedy filmers is all about that. I'm. I am not one of the transformers. <laughs> You're not one of the transformers. No, I'm just a regular fucking dude walking around with huge fucking robots. Are you from Boston in the movie? Because here's. I said to him like, let's fucking stretch it out a little bit, okay? Let's say I'm from North Boston. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, "What's that mean?" I'm like, "Just no gun." <laughs> <laughs> So I do pick up a gun at a certain point, but I don't own it. Which is uh, sort of like Southie Boston, too, because where this gun fucking come from? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, leave yeah. it there. But. So what other projects you got going on right now? I know you're, you're working on... Uh, have you guys fucking seen my reality TV show? Oh, yeah, Wahlburgers. Yeah, that's okay. right. It's yeah, about... It's fucking on a it's, uh, it's me, Donnie, uh, <laughs> and then our brother Paul, who's like the fleshy Wahlburger. Yeah. And so uh, it's me and him and Donnie and, and, and uh, Paul like fucking runs the restaurant and we just, I don't know, we just like buy fucking hamburgers from like McDonald's and then put our wrappers on them and sell them. People fucking love it. Oh, that's... Yeah. So this is a chain of, of It goes with the fucking stores. rule of life. If you fucking take something and you put fucking Wahlberg on it, golden. <laughs> <laughs> so anything. You yeah, can do I'll tell you, fuck it. So what, tell else, what else is on the menu then at Wahlburgers? Uh, tater tots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this out. If you aren't me... You like carbs? Oh, wow. Yeah, fucking people, people eat the fucking shit out of that. So I'm like, you know what? Take everything I don't fucking eat and put it on this fucking menu. So there's onion rings. There's fucking wall burgers. There's like my burger. It's called the Mark. It's fucking 99% lean. It's wrapped in fucking lettuce. The dressing on top is just water. It's fucking good. Or you can get the Donnie, which is just shit off the floor. It's like a sloppy joe. They just fucking... Put it on a bun and you fucking eat it up. Did so. you see? Now we had we had uh, Joey McIntyre on the show for the podcast festival, who works with your brother Donnie Newkids on the block. Have you seen? Did you see their last tour? Did you see it, or what did you think of it? Yeah, I, here's the deal. I told them 
if you guys want to write some new fucking music, I'll come check it out. But if all you're going to be doing is the goddamn fucking write stuff, <laughs> I've been there. I've seen it, okay? And also, a lot of people don't know this. Have you guys been to one of their shows? It's just a tent. They just fucking went to Walmart. They bought nine tents. They strung them together and they called it like a fucking stadium. It's not a stadium. <laughs> it's just a tent. That's raw. It's really tent. Yeah. It sells out if you can get nine fucking people f- to buy it. Like somebody who's looking for the bus and he's got time to kill, go to their shows. That's not a fucking sellout. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw them at the Staples Center in LA and it was kind of sold out. They were out front of the Staples Center. <laughs> oh, that wasn't. Fair. Oh, that was. So when they were like, hey, come f- to our fucking show, come to the Staples Center, it's your show, they just meant in that, like, 19 by 20 foot pavilion out front. There was a game going on that night. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I got turned around. Yeah, they, 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 like, timed their encore for the end of the game to be like, oh, fuck, everybody's here for encore. No, they're looking for their fucking car. Now, now how do you feel about reunion tours? Uh, is there, is there a funky bunch? Future? Is there yeah, a funky there bunch reunion tour coming up? Well, most of the funky bunch... That has to be cleared through their parole officers. <laughs> so there's kind of a hang-up there. Uh, and I said I would do it if it was just like a spoken word thing. Because... <laughs> Could you do some of that spoken word for us right now? Well, yeah, okay. I got something to say. It's not a lark. You wish you were me, but I'm the one who's named Mark. That was free. So here's the deal. If they want to fucking dance around in leather suits behind that with some sort of beat, fine by me. But I'm just going to fucking talk. That would be a great tour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like half the fucking... That's what I do now. I'm the best fucking talker in the business. I, some, I call it talking. Some people call it acting. All these movies... <laughs> all these movies that are like up for fucking awards right now, I turn those fucking things down. You don't fucking think... Uh, you don't fi- I know this is a podcast, but American fucking hustle, right? Okay? Right. You don't think I can fucking stand like this for two hours? <laughs> right. Fucking walk around with my stomach out? 12 Years a Slave, were you offered that part? Here's the deal on 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> I told them, I'll do it, okay? But I don't want to use a whip. You got to let me use a gun. <laughs> and they were like, well, you can't fucking... Now they're going to kill somebody. I'm like, no, you can hit somebody with a fucking gun. Have you never been to Boston before? <laughs> Just fucking take the back of it and hit them out. They're like, no, we're, we're fucking set on the whip thing, and Brad Pitt gets to be the fucking super savior guy. So spoiler alert. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fine, you know what? Have it for your fucking self. Let, let fucking Terry Killian be in it. And then they did. So, uh, there was How about a- All is Lost? Were you offered that one too? The Robert Redford stuck on a boat. They wanted me to be the wind. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I'm fucking great at pushing people over. Yeah, right. I've been doing that since I was 11. So I was like, if we can work it in, I'll do it. But instead, I've been working on another season of Boardwalk Empire, so I couldn't do the wind in that. Wow. Although, you gotta admit, let's be honest, you guys would pay money to watch me just push over Robert Redford for two hours. <laughs> Fuck, you know what? If I, next time I see him, I'm just going to fucking do it and have Donnie film it. We'll enter it into fucking Sundance. That'll get in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys win for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, Redford down. Fucking push that shit over. Redford down. We'll just call it Redford down. Oh, my God. I'd fucking kill it. Sold. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Well, Mark Wahlberg, thank you so much. Uh, give him a big round of applause. Everybody.
Uh, I got I got some time before my next uh, before my next call. You care if I just like hang out? Yeah, maybe? hang out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Please. If there's a chick here who wants to fuck or something like that, I'll just be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruise okay. chicks, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, they come up to me. That's normal people. It's different. Oh, okay. All right, That's I'm gonna go over here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever hey, thanks, you want to do. Mark. Wal- oh, <laughs> so there he is. Right. There he is. Mark Wahlberg, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a good vibration. Johnny D in the back up, drug free, so put the crack up. I mean, those are the kind of lyrics, spoken word style we can look forward to. Um, well, let's bring them up here, you guys. Our, our, our very special our guests. Our very special guests. Uh, very funny comedians. Uh, one who's been on the show, one who I did Douglas movies with. Ladies, I've done Douglas movies with both these guys. Nick Dune and DC Pearson, ladies and gentlemen. Get them on up here. Come right. on up, guys. Hey guys! Hello. Hello. So, um, uh, you guys, enjoying Sketchfest so far? Loving it. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, yeah, so far. You guys were already on shows, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did the uh, Desperate House or the Housewives show where I played the utility husband, <laughs> <laughs> just like gay Southern guy, stuff like that. Yeah. What is this? That that. <laughs> so the, it's a fun show, but they take all the housewives like. Desperate Housewives, or it's mm. not called Desperate Housewives. I don't know what it's called, but they're like the New Jersey, like the Real Housewives, the Real Housewives, yeah. And uh, and they would do like real readings of actual scenes where they just script it and read it like a play. Can it's you fun. give us a taste of that guy? Um, the Southern guy? Yeah. No, someone else that you didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do him. <laughs> um, no, I, well, I'm, I'm really terrible at accents. So every well, accent. you are on the right show, my friend. <laughs> this show is a cornucopia of horrible yeah. accents. Did okay. you play DC Pearson? Well, I played a New, Jer- <laughs> I played a New Jersey guy, and I was like, uh, pizza. I didn't know anything besides pizza. I didn't know how to say anything. Pizza. <laughs> hey, pizza. Yeah. Hey, one like, from New Jersey, all <laughs> Forget about it. Like, my only Australian, I can only say the name Rachel in Australian. Which is Rachel. <laughs> that sounded like David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel. I'm in space. Yeah. <laughs> and also say the words together, the word my and cocaine. Say that, DC. My cocaine. My cocaine. My. See, some, uh, somebody tried to make me do that last week, and they're like, that's like an Australian person saying, or Michael Caine. And, or no, that's wait. It's like Michael that's Caine saying his own Michael name, King. right? Yeah, and I, I guess I say cocaine weird because it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, it did sound weird. You say cocaine like Michael Caine. I say cocaine the way Michael Caine said cocaine to me when he was buying cocaine from me. <laughs> oh, you deal cocaine? Yeah, exactly. Your father built this cocaine. <laughs> Oh my God! I want more of that. I want more. I want more Michael Caine purchasing uh, illicit narcotics. Put that on a shirt from Jim Neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know anything about that reference except that it's dated. Yeah, (laughs) I know enough to know. That's enough. That is dated. (laughs) Is he a sports? Uh, Gomer Pyle. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Way to go, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Grandpa's up late today. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is late for Grandpa. I took quite loose. <laughs> Need to coat to balance it out. That's all I got. That's <laughs> him auditioning for the wolf. I want to hear you do the. I want you to you to do the scene in um, Wayne's World Two nah. at the bar. Nah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about some best pictures. And uh, speaking of Wayne's have, World Two, I, I think you put it out every single one of Wayne's World Two. 
Yes, uh, and you all have to talk about them as Michael Caine. No, yeah. we, um, we, I just printed up all the Best Picture winners since it started back in 1927. So, because um, obviously, you know, the Best Picture category this year. First is, Best Picture winner. Anybody can guess. Wings. Wings very that is good. correct. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which DC pointed out. Uh, they made a great TV show out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of those. That and Jag are the two shows that are like, this is really still on the air? Like, how did it stay on? For like, did you ever meet anybody that was like, "Oh, I'm a huge fucking Wings fan. Like, I love Wings and Jack." <laughs> well, that's like, but that's like NCIS is like the biggest show in the world, and nobody under sixty watches it. Right, but everybody over sixty watches it. But that's where, yeah, that goes to the whole thing of why the whole Nielsen system is. The only people still watching TV traditionally... Right. It's named after Leslie Nielsen, because everybody that's that old... <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nielsen started it! Who's the guy that was in Wings? Um, he's, he's in a ton of stuff. Not the ma- he's one of the main guys, but... Steven... Some, Steven, Steven Weber? Steven yes. Wright. Yeah. Steven Wright. Steven Wright. <laughs> so, he's so deadpan in that movie. <laughs> um, he was on a flight with me once, and I saw three people say, Hey, Wings. Like, that was... The, right. and he's done so many things, but... So he probably That's never wants gets to fly. Well, but he was on a plane, though. Yeah, you're right. In fairness. Right. <laughs> Only people... Like, if you saw Frasier at a radio he station, wasn't, he you wouldn't like, be like, oh, cheers, you know? <laughs> he, bought a, he just bought a same-day round trip. <laughs> he, he, he bought a same-day round trip. He said he just needs to fly to you know, kind of take him back, you know? Right. He does it every day. <laughs> just to get back it's to just the just a sad thing, yeah. Oh, he's got yeah. a sad life. So he just flies around because he's so bummed he misses that show? Yeah, yeah. Wow. and that's the only, way, the only place he gets recognized. <laughs> that feels like a Jason Reitman movie about like a former actor, and then, or maybe Sofia Coppola, and then he just flies around hoping to get recognized, like, I'm on a plane. Just hangs out at the Chateau Marmont. Yeah, I can just <laughs> pitch you guys movies. That's a good pitch. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this is... this. Podcast has launched like numerous actual movies have been purchased after people heard them. Yes. <laughs> the fake pitches for them, right? All starring Mark Wahlberg. Yes, where and he's going to play the wind and Jim Neighbors. I, I, I always ghost. wonder like who is more in in if you had like Mark Wahlberg and Ben Affleck walk down the exact same street in Boston, like who would get more like woo? You know what I mean? Because I feel like or would a bunch I, of I people come up and go, oh, "Thanks for uh, ruining our town." <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. What was that? I fucking get him. You kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's now taking a mic in the back of the room. <laughs> 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 right now, so if anybody wants to say, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg handed me a drink. <laughs> Mark, isn't it? Didn't you? I heard that you auditioned for Cocktail when you were 12. I did audition for Cocktail when I was 12. Here's the deal. <laughs> you don't go up in South Boston without being very good at throwing bottles in the air. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I can do this all fucking day. What's your specialty drink? I like to drink a Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> just just, that was just an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because it sounds like Wahlburgers? And you yeah. call it a Harvey Wahlburger? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, can I have that? Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the menu. Hey guys, two for one the next hour. It's going to be like a fucking strip club in here. We're going to do Yager Shots and Harvey Wahlburgers for the rest of the <laughs> Also, everybody should know that he really can't make drink specials. FYI. He can't? Uh, you're, great at, you're great at improv, Nick. <laughs> the manager's back there like, no. No two for ones. I like that Nick's main concern is uh, the facility that we're in. He's like, let's all obey the rules. I care about, care about the venue. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I don't want a liquor license to get pulled off of some goddamn skit. So you guys better get your goddamn shit together. It's all good. I just bought this place. 
So what kind of show? Since you bought this place, what kind of shows are you going to have in here then? Uh, a lot of fights. <laughs> and you don't mean like boxing. No, just, just like two people. Are, like I'm going to put it on Craigslist and be like, are you, are you arguing right now? <laughs> come, to the, come to the new and improved punch line. <laughs> punch. You don't have to change the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, more spoken word, maybe? Uh, yeah, from me on the sideline, being like, holy shit, you see him hit that fucking thing? <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Come to the new punchline, playing only the hits. Yeah. You're a goddamn marketing genius. Oh, what kind of hack. <laughs> that's it. No, we're still going to do it. So, yeah, I bought this place. So, if anybody wants a Mark Wahlberger, fucking Harvey Wahlberger fucking drink, we're going to be doing it the rest of the night. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Really yeah, appreciate that. Small, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this show has it all. It's a sold-out arena. We have a couple hundred thousand people. We have a celebrity bartender. It's really everything. You Impressions, get feelings, poignant moments. Poignant moments. Did you really go to Staples Center, New Kids in the Block? Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just want to fact check the first. <laughs> Nick's very Ombudsman. much. A, Nick wants it above uh, everything above four. Yep. Yes. No deception in the show. Tight, we just had, like, we just had. like Redford, I run a tight ship. Yeah. You should. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Nick doing everybody. Um, yeah, I, I um, uh, Joey McIntyre was on this show when we did um, at, at the L.A. Podcast Festival. I met him. The, the funny story. I met him. This is know, where you justify going to the show. This is, exactly. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I met him through like friends, like showbiz thing, whatever. Like, hey, this is a, like entertainment attorney. Knew him or something like that. I didn't know who he was, and uh, you know, he was talking. And he's like, "This is two years ago," and he's like, "He said he uh, said this is two years ago." He said, "Yeah, he said this is two years ago." Graham, we're in a time <laughs> machine. Like, he's like, "Holy but he's, shit!" But he's like, "I wish it was twenty years ago," and I bet you can guess why. <laughs> Because <laughs> I wouldn't have to talk to guys like you. Um, and he said, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm in this band or whatever. And I was such an idiot. I was like, oh, where? You guys got any gigs around town? Like in Silver Lake or something? He's like, mm, the Staples Center. I'm like, well, stick with it. Show business is hard, you know? <laughs> I like the idea of new kids on the block just starting to do like cool like acoustic gigs. They're going to relaunch themselves as like Mumford and Sons Jr. <laughs> Wait, was, was Boys to Men opening for them? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was my first concert that I saw. Boys to Men to really? Coma Dome. Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah, they were great. This is oh, great. Yeah. It was a good show. Check it out. Real guys. good. Solid. <laughs> check out. A, check out their new tour. Um, All right. So let's talk about some best. Pictures. We should talk, actually for, talk about it. Save it for comedy R and B nerds. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be on that next week with uh, Biv. <laughs> <laughs> The guy doing an impression of DeVoe <laughs> by wearing a DeVoe wig. Bill. <laughs> Have you guys heard Bell Biv DeVoe? It's Will, Will DeVoe? Is he doing his character yeah. from Nosferatu? Yeah. For, oh, from uh, sorry, Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Fuck you. I just, I just remembered that movie Shadow of the Vampire. The other, what, a, what an unremarkable uh, movie. Did you see that? It's like where the whole premise is that no, they're making Nosferatu and he's maybe actually a vampire. Actually a vampire, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things. And I remember when he, was, he had a nomination, I believe, for that and was kind of... I had heard people who worked on the project... And he was like starting to flip the fuck out because Whoa. he thought he might get a real nomination and became just sort of a little bit of a psychopath during that whole thing. And I think that whole movie unlocked a lot of his inner huh. 
Vampire. Vampire craziness. <laughs> um, and it was, it, was, it was an interesting... Like, the movie was an interesting attempt. Like, I, I, was, it was, I thought it was cool that they were trying to do something a little different and innovative, but ultimately... All right, I'm going to try one last time to get us to talk about some Academy Awards. Okay. <laughs> so Willem Dafoe was in The Sound of Music, yes. 1965. Well, I want to talk about in the 70s, there's four best pictures that are all... Why don't uh, we just go around and pick one that we want to talk about, and you start, Graham. Okay, I want to talk about... Um, let's talk about... Well, the, this whole era of the 70s, which we talked about. So in 71... You've got The French Connection, 72, The Godfather, The Sting, The Godfather 2, and then One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, that era of movies was amazing to me. And also, the story about the... I'll I'll talk about The Godfather and the actual Oscars of of The Godfather, because I believe that was the one where Marlon Brando was nominated and then sent the Native American woman to accept, and she just showed up. And, you know, it was basically just a political thing about how Native Americans and it's just so crazy, typical of the 70s. Um, uh, James Kahn won um, Best Supporting Actor. And on his uh, Oscar trophy, he wrote in there like, and the Academy can go fuck itself. Like, that's, that's what he thought. He was like, it was a bunch of bourgeois bullshit. I saw in an interview he turned down. Kramer versus Kramer. Like, he turned down all these amazing films. And back then, those guys were nuts. If you read the, the book, um, Easy Riders Raging Bulls, that whole was, it was an amazing time because the studio system from the 50s and 60s had basically collapsed. And they were making all these innovative movies. And then by the end of the 70s, they kind of pissed it away because they all were on Coke and having orgies and shit like that. But these films were like, Everyone, they were so outside of the studio and the process to get them all made and was just like amazing when you, each, each film was just a, a, like an, this crazy process that was so different and like artists were getting control of stuff, which was cool. Yeah, super unique time. Like if, in, in, cause you sort of people always lament and I do too definitely like lament like oh the state of movies and studios don't make as many movies as they used to they don't make as good movies as they used to but you have to realize like anytime there is like a great um, this like empire of maybe not so good stuff that's eventually gonna it's like prog rock leading into like punk you know what I mean like where you have to have something big and bloated for something cool and small and interesting to kind of like flourish eventually and I think it goes it does go in cycles I mean you also see this is the only time that a movie and then its sequel both won Academy Awards Mm -hmm. except for for Happy Feet and Happy Feet (laughs) 2 great point (laughs) and uh, 1972 is Godfather then you know The Sting but then Godfather Part 2 in 74 they both won it's it's. Well, where's it, Godfather Three? That's a, that's a real surprising. Uh, uh, did I misprint that? <laughs> Beverly Hills nine hundred two. Careful, we're in San Francisco. This is a Coppola town. <laughs> you get headbutted on the way out. I think she. Should. I love Tetro. Yeah, <laughs> that's for someone at home. Yeah. Someone uh, listening got that reference. Oh, you guys don't like current Coppola movie references? Fair enough. I just saw a um, this documentary that was actually really good. It was on HBO. It was called Seduced and Abandoned, and it's about Alec Baldwin and James Toback in Con trying to get this really weird movie funded and it's, but that's kind of besides the point they interview all these great filmmakers in it like Scorsese and Coppola and whatever and at one point Coppola is like he's like I don't know I still haven't like made the movie that's inside of me like today he's being interviewed like today and it's so sad because 
He's, ma- I mean, made like the great movies. Yes. Godfather, Godfather 2, Apocalypse Now. And you're like, if, no- if, that, if you still haven't made the movie that's inside of you, you're super rich. Like, dude, like, do it. Like, so do it. Do it. <laughs> well, that's Definitely do it. Apocalypse Now, I mean, if you watch um, the documentary about that, uh, Hearts of Darkness, Hearts, a film yeah. of, oh, of the film best. Apocalypse, it goes, I mean, it took two and a half years to get that yeah. movie made. He's going, I mean, that, that great scene. <laughs> Where they're hiring the Philippine military to do the the helicopter, it's basically they're shooting that beach scene with De Niro, and 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 all of a sudden, all the helicopters just fly away, and he's like, you know, it's it's like forty thousand dollars a minute, and he's like, where the fuck are they going? What, what, what's going on? And they're like, oh, they got to go fight a war, and production just <laughs> shut down <laughs> while the Philippine army got into some shit, and he's just sitting there in Southeast Asia. Just, all right, let's surf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the fact that all that craziness, Hollywood was kind of like, this movie's going to eat it. It's not going to do well. And it was this epic sort of... Well, it's still part of our mythology. I mean, then a, uh, you know, another version just came out a couple of years ago, that long, huge... The uh, first time I went to Afghanistan to do comedy in 2004, this colonel was driving us around, just career military guy. And he was like, oh, I love Apocalypse Now. Like, that was his favorite film, and th- those guys were talking about it and watching it, you know, whatever that is 30 years later, like, or 20 t- some years later. It was just amazing to I me. I mean, the, the, new, the new version had, like, a, like, another hour or something in it, but then mm-hmm. there's rumored that there's another version that's, like, five hours long. I mean, I don't even know if that's true, but there's, like, there's all these kind of little myths and legends around this one movie. It's really They're actually amazing. still shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, you know, there's in World War II, there was like one Japanese detachment on some island that like in right. 1952, they found them. And they're like, we're still doing it. We're yeah. still waiting. Like there's that. There's just some like war is fourth over? unit from Apocalypse yeah. Now that's still out there like, all right, let's have them run down into the bushes again. All right, all right, all right, one more for safety. So you've been saying one more for safety since 1975. Do it. We need right. more B-roll. There was, I just listened to the audio book of um, uh, talking again about like Coppola 70s movies of, of uh, The Kid Stays in the Picture with Robert Evans, which if you right. haven't heard, I know if you listen to podcasts, you always hear like audible.com plugs. I am in no way being paid by them, but get like one month of audible.com just to hear The Kid Stays in the Picture, the audio book by the producer Robert Evans because it's so incredible. I mean, he's a total... It's like... And he's been parodied like over and over again and with good reason because he is kind of just an outsized personality. But the book opens with him. He was the producer of The Godfather and he himself, I don't know how true it is, probably, yeah, who knows. But like he takes a lot of credit for like forcing Coppola to like edit it into the movie that right. it is and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And uh, it, it, the, the opening night, Brando is not going to be there because he's like off being... Brando, and and it's like, why would I go to a movie premiere? I'm going to stay home and like chase a turtle around my apartment or whatever I do. Um, I'll be getting married to someone in Tahiti. What do I need to... Again. Is that a Native American? (laughs) uh, No. Uh, Evans was like, what do I need to do? I need something to distract from the fact that Brando's not going to be here. So he calls Henry Kissinger. And is like, Henry, you gotta come. You gotta come to the premiere. <laughs> he calls, like, Henry Kissinger, like, at the time, like, pretty much the most powerful dude in the world. And also, like, evil. But, like, whatever. Right. Like, super, like, magnetic personality. And he's like, you gotta come to this premiere and, like, basically be his, like, date besides his wife. Um, is like, be my, like, date to this premiere, essentially. And so him and uh, his wife, uh, Allie McGraw... And Henry Kissinger are, like, sitting in the premiere of The Godfather, this thing that he's, like, poured, like, years of his life into, and he doesn't know if it's going to work or not. And then he's, like, the movie ends, and it's just, like, silent. And so he turns to Henry Kissinger. He's, like, the movie's a bomb. Let's get out of here, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) And he fucking leaves. 
And I just love that. That's so beautiful. Like, I feel like if you've ever, as an artist, ever put anything out into the world, and then you feel like, uh, I don't, you know, like, oh, people don't like it, never mind, whatever, let's go. Like, he thought the Godfather, like, flop. He thought it was going to be, he thought it was a failure. Like, I, right after so it I, I wish I wish there were producers alive today that were like, uh, maybe he still is alive, but I he wish is, there he were is alive, yeah. these like iconic because now it's like studios and it's very corporate. I wish there were this these like producer Hollywood mogul types like him. Like if he was if he was like at his peak right now, would he just be like Putin? I need you at the premiere. Like what would he? <laughs> like, just to and sell tickets. Putin was like, if the movie doesn't do well, I will gas everyone in the theater. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he go up at the um, Golden Globes and do like a Putin? speech? No. Uh, <laughs> Robert Evans. I don't the, think so. That guy, yeah. Oh, this year? Yeah. Wow. I don't think so. I thought he did. Maybe not. Which, Maybe one, were right. Which one were you watching? <laughs> the Robert Never mind. <laughs> Are you thinking of Roberto Clemente? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roberto Clemente, the baseball player from the Pirates yep. that died mm-hmm. prematurely? Yep. He showed up this year's Oscars. Well, they can do well, amazing things with CGI. Yeah. And Golden, he, he no, was, Golden Globes. Yeah, and he was dressed as Henry Kissinger. Right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It was no, Tim and Eric present the Golden Globes. Yeah. <laughs> it was very bizarre. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit to, like, you make a great point with the 70s. I want to talk a little bit about the 50s. And this is uh, um, movies that were really... Just you know, we were just kind of getting out of uh, World War II. The co- the country was rebuilding, but you also see movies like All About Eve, which showed like the underside of show business in a way that really hadn't been seen much before. And it was interesting that they chose live theater to actually not the movie business, but the live theater where they actually um, focused a lot of uh, uh, this movie and. The interesting thing is when you look at all the 50s movies, you have uh, Greatest Show on Earth, From Here to Eternity, which is, of course, um, still a World War II movie, with a rather subplot of a romance, I think. You guys remember that movie? <laughs> no, it was the 50s. And, uh, and, uh, and, of course, On the Waterfront, where we really showed what the country looked like post-World War II with some amazing monologues in that movie. If you remember Carl Malden's uh, monologue. It's Who just unbelievable. Was oh, nominated for an Oscar and might have even won Oscar or Carl Malden for On the Waterfront. Um, and he talks. There's there's a great um, book. Carl Malden's book calls uh, When Do I Start, which is about his career in show business. And he talks about um, doing all this stage and and live theater, and then the 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 live. TV shows from the 50s like Playhouse 90 that people like uh, Rod Serling were involved with and that whole era of the 50s of the like okay the glamour the, so there was the like we won the war America was like pumping everything was great and so there was one image of America in the 50s the sort of like leave it to beaver everything's great and then you had this like film noir and you had these movies that showed this kind of seedy underbelly and all that stuff and and like jazz music and everything was sort of we talked about it good jazz man voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> jazz you know they had that jazz and, and, and then you also you have even more war movies you have also bridge over the on the river kwai in 1957 which is an amazing movie and you know you have to watch that movie again also with uh, it's an amazing movie on its own and it does hold up but if you watch it too when you're thinking about like the culture and the time that it was shot in it it's literally will blow you away. It's 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 about much more than just like a prison camp and them just building a bridge. By the way, that ending scene with the uh, spoiler bridge, alert, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> alert. The bridge blows up and a train falls off it. No CGI. 
that is an actual train that goes over a bridge. It's, yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. That movie is amazing, and and that whole that whole era of of how of sort of America was transitioning into. And it's it's funny you watch these. If you look at this list, you see how the film industry was was commenting on how America was was changing and transitioning into that. Um, but I think if you look at uh, it's it's so funny you see. It's almost like every other year it would, tr- it would, and then you'd have like the bridge over the River Kwai, and then Gigi, and then Ben Hur, which is sort of you can see the sort of the studio. Was Gigi that one with Ben Affleck? Yeah, Jennifer they won nineteen fifty six, and then they sent it back in time, and people were like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" This is cell phones. They were like, "It wins just on the idea of cell phones." <laughs> um, but let's. I just want to like. All right. So 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 first, DC and Nick. Each one of you, like, what is some of your classic Oscar winners on this list? That well, you I think need? the best movie on this whole thing, two thousand five Crash. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have you defend that pick? Well, <laughs> I think I mean David Cronenberg's Crash. You know, just James Spader just fucking a car. You know, that that was now one of that, the most fucked up movies I've, I've ever seen for a number of different. That reasons. movie was like I. That would be on uh, back when IFC was, was well, back when IFC was more like playing independent, independent film centric. Um, you mean like in their title? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Um, uh, they would play Crash a lot, and it would be on... It was in this weird moment in time. I was in high school, and it was on... How IFC was too, on right? basic cable, yeah. but it, they showed, like, nudity and stuff. So IFC was, like, the go-to <laughs> masturbation jump-off at that point for me. And that movie, Crash, has, like, a ton of nudity in it, and that movie is Wasn't so weird. Wasn't that their slogan? Masturbation jump-off? Wasn't that their... <laughs> uh, thank you for plugging my podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but it was like Crash, the David Cronenberg movie, is so is like so weird that it was tough for me to masturbate to. And then they ended up putting me saying that on the DVD release, which I thought was cool. I'm glad, because if you said, man, I used to whack off to the David Cronenberg crash, because we that, would, this would be a really weird moment. The whole premise of that movie was that uh, car crashes uh, are sexual, and people would get off on car, cr- car crashes. Right. And uh, in reality, in the real, real world here, that's not very easy to relate to. There's like no hook. I'm like, oh, I could kind of see that. Well, I, yeah. like, I think that movie... No, no, I think the main nothing. problem is that movie is dated now because of Google cars. People yeah. are going to be like, what's a car crash? Yeah. I can't get off to this. <laughs> Driverless cars, they're never going to hit again. <laughs> um, I, 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 Nick, sorry. Uh, what, do you, no, no, do you, you have you, a... Uh, you go first. Uh, or, wasn't you, Holly you Hunter go. in that movie, too? You yes. go, girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, I mean... There's, uh, it's interesting, like, because sort of when you look at the, like you were saying, like the 50s movies, because it sort of goes back and forth between movies that are super notable and like still survive to this day. And then like 1952, The Greatest Show on Earth, which I think is just about like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. And basically like uh, just being like, the circus is cool. No cruelty here, friends. Um, You know? It'd be like These if, animals love it. I, I don't know too much about it, but I imagine that it's basically like if Blackfish was ma- a narrative movie made by SeaWorld. And they were just like, look how happy he is. <laughs> um, they love killing trainers. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's the same with, uh, it's the same with Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Marty! <laughs> nice. But it's sort of... Uh, look how happy Ernest Borgnine is. Right. <laughs> no, that's an interesting point that you bring up, because if you, again, like going back to the 70s, like... Almost all of those movies still hold up today. Right. Where some of the other ones, you can you can even go through it. I mean, you can look at, um, I don't know, would would. Well, look at the eighties though. Yeah, 
Exactly. Would would um It's just like eighties music. It is <laughs> <laughs> But like Oh my what? god, Flock of Seagulls won every year. <laughs> <laughs> like does does Amadeus hold the test of time? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Platoon though, if you go back and watch Platoon I've not seen it. I think there's having seen that, I just watched uh, Platoon and Full Metal Jacket, and I think Full Metal Jacket holds up still. Platoon has some like moments where William Defoe is like getting shot, and it's so obvious, like wow, I don't, he's and he's his like arm that back. girl yeah. is poison, <laughs> and he's talking about the Viet Cong, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the Viet Cong had big butts and smiles, and you shouldn't trust them. Um, they, were, they were known for their giant butts. <laughs> yeah, the they were. I will say it, they were juicy. They were. Oh my god! Real Viet Cong have curves. So juicy. Well, Platoon also was um, way before Saving Private Ryan too. When that came out. It was right. much more shocking for the time when it came out. It was, but it was one of those things that I think, like, I remember feeling at the time, like, Stanley Kubrick kind of got shunned a little bit. With Like, I thought Full Metal Jacket should have received more acclaim and more awards, and Platoon sort of... Overshadowed. Overshadowed it a little bit in the ending, and of course, you know, you've got Charlie Sheen in it, so... Well, I think that, the, like, the Oscars <laughs> don't really love ambiguity. And, like, Stanley Kubrick never made a whole lot of movies that you right. didn't have to draw your own conclusions about. Like, right. he just sort of would, like... Like, there was just this big exhibit in L.A. all about Stanley Kubrick's films, which I it, hope, like, travels around, because it, it was one of the most amazing oh, things yeah. I've ever seen. It was so great. Um, but it made me realize that he really did just, like, take years and, like, take material and just think about it and boil it down and boil it down and boil it down until it became this, like, single little perfect statement but it wasn't a statement where he was like drawing all the conclusions for you it was kind of like there right. for you to to draw your own conclusions about and i think like if you look at like this year like inside lewin davis not even getting nominated that's because that is a movie that you kind of have to think. draw your own conclusions right. about and that's why i think wolf of wall street won't win is because i think that there is like ambiguity there right. i think the movie is very clear about what it's saying but other people are like yeah. no it's glorifying his whatever which i completely disagree with and i think it's totally a facile argument but i think that that uh one thing that oscar movies don't really go in for i feel like for the most part is movies that where you have to do oh, a little work all right, on well your then own. let's go into this next thing please then, and we'll start with nick nick what movies either this year or in past do you think got snubbed should have won should have been nominated and didn't get anything well obviously lone survivor <laughs> Um, I was I was just looking back at like, I mean, for instance, if you look at um, Forrest Gump, Uh like, and I didn't even take a look at what else was that year. Mm -hmm. Does anybody know? Uh, It was I it it was nominated alongside Quiz Show and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, which is ridiculous that Forrest Gump because you look back at it now and it's like a parody of. Mentally, like I have my in my family side, I have like a mentally handicapped stepsister, and he's. I mean, it's basically making fun of that in in this weird way. I don't know. I guess they did get a restaurant chain out of it, which is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the sign of a good picture, yeah. you guys. The, the quiz Have show. Have we learned nothing yeah. from yeah. Wahlburgers? The if quiz show get, restaurant is not yeah. great. Yeah. If you can sell <laughs> overpriced shrimp. Well, because you're, you're always like, you want to order this one thing, and then in your ear, they're like, order the shrimp. And you're like, I don't know. And they're like, just do it. And you're like, okay. I want to please my dad. You know. I want to please my dad. Um, and, and, and like, I, I think for me, in a, in a similar category, like, I have not, here's the thing, like, a lot of these movies, the, these Best Picture winners, 
there's, and this is maybe just to excuse me not having seen as many movies as maybe I should have. Like, I haven't seen The English Patient, but I just feel like in 2014, like, there's nothing crying out, like, you must see The English Patient. It more feels like a distillation of a ton of, like, oscar winny kind of things at the time, and it beat Fargo, which is, like, right. the perfect oh, and, movie. And I'll save you some time. You don't have to see The English Patient. Thanks, man. Yeah. Does he survive? Does the patient make it? He's, Can you write uh, me a doctor's note? Well, he's English. <laughs> yeah. He is English? Yeah. That, that's the big reveal. <laughs> and he, does he have patients, or is yeah. it... He's yeah, a, he's a very... Oh, dude, that must have been so tempting as a critic. Like, I hope this thing is long, because I'm so going to be like, I needed English patients. <laughs> it was also Don Pardo singing. English patients! Fishbone! Um, any... <laughs> What other uh, Nick? So, what, what other movies do you feel like should have won that didn't? Well, I don't know, but I was looking at. Uh, I'm so bad Perfect at like Storm. remembering what's okay. what year. Okay. Yeah, Perfect Storm. Absolutely, Mark. That movie was shunned. I, was still, out for that movie. I don't see any movie on here <laughs> called Perfect Storm. I don't I, know. I, I don't see that. <laughs> we got to, we had to make up the last 20 minutes of that movie because no one knows what fucking happened to those dudes. What's well, that? I mean, we do know. Yeah, but fucking Ted, but who knows how they died? Were they wearing a hat? Did they have a scarf on? Who knows? I just fucking did that of my own imaginarium. Imaginarium? You can't see it, but Mark is surrounded by like seven empty Harvey Wallbanger glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you fucking make them. You guys don't want them. <laughs> if there was a drink that you mixed called contraband, what would be in it? Well, first of all, you're going to go with a little Corleajo tequila, okay? <laughs> Top that off with a little grenadine, shake it up real fucking good, take all the fat out, and drink it lean, bro. <laughs> Mark, you're a, um, an executive producer on the, on the Entourage movie. Is there anything you can let us in about, like, you know, plot details? Maybe oh, things. sure. Titties. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, you guys. Titties. That's so accurate. Oh, hey, yeah. A lot of girls saying to themselves, just this one roll, and then I'll go back to the regular stuff. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go through. We got we to gotta start wrapping up real quick. I got some time. I know. I'm trying to get it. Uh, Get us a, I know. Well, we got to be done. The next show is at five o'clock. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. <laughs> Last call. Last call. Uh, the I want to go around drink. and everyone pick a movie that you don't think was worthy of best picture from this list. From, from this list. Um. Wow. I mean, the English Patient, like like DC said, it went up against Fargo, which is an amazing movie, and the English Patient was one of those movies that was just like. Yeah, I got it. They just made this in a fucking Academy Award filmmaking laboratory. Like, they put everything... Except Meryl Streep. Except, yeah. All it needed was that. And uh, it was sort of like... Also... Um, I'm going with Crash. I'm going to stick with my first... Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go Shakespeare in Love, 1998. Yeah, that's the year I graduated high school. It's such a sad year. <laughs> Really? You graduated high school in 1998? Mm-hmm. I was just a couple years before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, My Wikipedia page is wrong. I, I think that... <laughs> that you updated. I, I feel... I People feel in like... my high school are like, really, Graham? You uh, graduated then? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I feel like... Um, 
weird because again this is another movie that I have not seen but like um, so I feel weird saying like it definitely should not have won but like Goodfellas was in 1990 and it was beat by Dances with Wolves which is I think sort of notoriously um, a (laughs) how could you not give the Academy Award to a movie where a guy beats another guy with a gun in a driveway (laughs) such a great you love driveways I love driveways and guns <laughs> That's your next film, right? Just called Driveway Fights? It's actually a show on Discovery Channel. Right? Uh, what is the discovery that's being made? What's that? What's the discovery that's being made? How many punches you can take before you get knocked out? It's like, hey, let's find out. Can we go to the driveway? Preferably a cul de sac because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> We'll see what happens. It's coming out. Sweet, sweet. sweet. Oh, I can't wait sweet. for that. Oh, sweet, sweet. Okay. Uh, fight in a driveway. But what were you saying, DC? Oh, yeah, just that uh, Goodfellas <laughs> rules. That's right. all. Right. <laughs> and just, it, it, you well, know, it's the kind of thing where, like, it's, it, I feel like all of the discussions that were had around, or are being had around Wolf of Wall Street, were also had around Goodfellas, where it's like, is this glorifying these guys, or is it, like... Um, you know, critical of them. And I think there's no way to read Wolf of Wall Street, the movie, without seeing that it is being critical of those dudes. But it is entertaining along the way. But I feel like that's putting you in the head of the characters because for them, living their lives was entertaining. Otherwise, they wouldn't have have done it. And I think, if anything, it almost is kind of a one-two punch with Goodfellas because it's like, okay, well, in this country, if you do crime with a gun and some drugs, you're going to go to jail for a really long time or you're going to have to rat on your friends and go live in Arizona and eat egg noodles and ketchup. Or you could do crime on Wall Street and then it's all good because you're rich and you get away with it. Yeah, and I you, feel like it's sort of, if you view them as like a overarching statement, it's like super interesting. Right, I, I, I think those are good points. My problem with Wolf of Wall Street is though, it is a half hour too long. Like if there was just, I got mm. it. I was like, another yelly coke fuck scene. Like I, I, I felt like I understood their life. I understood what they were doing. You understood yelly fucky coke scenes. Yes, I got it. I got it. I mean, You're like, I know. I live it. I do I, a podcast, uh, okay? <laughs> this is my life. That's what yeah, that's I do in his garage. Uh, I actually got an opera. Or, sorry, keep going with that. No, no. Well, you got a thing. It was trailing back, actually, so finish the thought. Okay. So, so that's why, I mean, I, I, I like I like Wolf of Wall Street, but I just felt like it just got repetitive. I almost feel like it got... And this is a conversation we had, I think, on the show about... There's talk that that movie got rushed into getting released before December 31st, which is why it's a... Like, it needed another editing pass, I think, to just get us through... Well, well, do you think there was a point that uh, the director was trying to make in making those scenes so gratuitous and... uh, uh, making the movie longer, we're like, okay, you got it, but no, I really want to show you this over and over so it sinks. And do you feel like there was part of that? Well, if it was, then I, I if that if that was a distinct choice, uh, was like I didn't personally need that because I was like, okay, you showed me that. I, I get that that's their world. I get that they're 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 drunk with power. I mean, I got that from the trailer where they're just well, like, yeah, but yeah. I, so I but like I got in the, from the trailer of Saving Private Ryan that war is hell, but I still need to see the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right, I, but that's a, here's, here's where I think it's different in terms of Saving Private Ryan, um, that lengthy battle sequence, nothing had ever been shot like that before. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I, Saving Private Ryan wasn't the perfect movie to pick. I'm just saying, like, to say, like, okay, I get it. 
I don't, I don't know. I, I saw Wolf of Wall Street twice, and the first time I saw it, at, towards the end, I was like, oh, wait, is this the ending? Oh, it's not. Okay, so I had kind of a weird feeling towards the end because I wasn't sure, like, oh, okay, now it's ending. And then once it ended, I was like, okay, that was awesome. But I, when I saw it the second time, because I knew what the sort of arc of it was, uh-huh. it felt a lot shorter because you saw how everything kind of fit together. For me, I also think it's like a total travesty that Thelma Schoonmaker, his... Uh, his editor, his longtime editor, who's like edited all of his movies, didn't get a nomination for that movie because I think it really is incredibly edited on a scene to scene and overall, uh, you know, the entire piece basis. You- I thought it, I thought everything that was in there totally needed to be in there. I don't think it was gratuitous. I think that some sometimes people see the movie that they want to see, not the movie that's actually there. I knew a lot of people that were like, whatever, like, I've seen Martin Scorsese movies with Coke before, and it's like, it's not the, it's no, not no. the same thing. It wasn't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't use the word gratuitous. I felt it just became repetitive, like, you're showing me this was their world, and I didn't need to see it. Like, I, got, I understood that that was the crazy world, and I needed to see more of, like, where... I just I was like I know where this is going. Just no, take hit me the there. story point and move on. Hit the story point, and move yeah, on. Yeah. But again, okay. I watch a million movies, so I'm it's it's hard for me. You know, I'm going in there going, like I want it to be good. I'm, I want to be entertained, but I, I also realize that I watch a million movies, so it's easy for me to go. Okay, I know where this is. Right. Got, got movement. So you're like the wolf of blockbuster. I am the you're wolf of blockbuster. There. Yeah, of a chain that's out of business. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> we just did coke and hookers and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that happened. <laughs> um. All right, so then let me ask you this. Please. Do, do, you think, do you think then Wolf of Wall Street should win Best Picture this year? Um, I think a lot of movies should win Best Picture this year. I think it was a really good year uh-huh. for movies. Well, we were just talking uh, backstage. Like, so many of the Best Picture nominees have so much to yeah. recommend them. You know what? Let's close it out by uh, each going around and saying like, what movie you want to win for Best Picture this year. Cool. Mm-hmm. And go ahead, DC. You already started. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see Wolf of Wall Street win. I think it definitely won't because I think that there were probably there probably are some older members of the Academy who are just more shocked by like, oh my God, so many boobs. Um, and they were like, you know, and then some of them that were probably like, not enough boobs. I'm a dirty old man. Um, J- Jack Nicholson probably saw that and was like, not enough boobs. Um, no, they watched it went, ah, the 80s. <laughs> um, Remember Robert Evans? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think there's a lot of movies that are nominated for Best Picture that could win and would be totally justified. I think if 12 Years a Slave wins, I think that's a total triumph of a movie. I think there are, uh, so many of the nominees are, are really incredible. I think it's a really good year for movies overall. Okay. I got um, so I get the screeners every year. I didn't get Wolf on Wall Street, but I every year I take them home for Christmas. I know it's a brag, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're bragging that you celebrate Christmas. We get celebrate Christmas. <laughs> not Jewish. I'm not bragging about it. Um, <laughs> and you go home. We, so I go. You have a home. We get it. <laughs> so every year I go home. I, I bring the screeners, and it's like that. They don't. My family doesn't care about me, but they're so excited they get to see these movies. And mm-hmm. we go from like my parents' house to my 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 parents-in-law's house, I guess. And uh, I have, so I basically end up watching every movie three times. I'll watch it at home when I get it, watch it with my family, then watch it with my wife's family. And the movie that I enjoyed all three times was Nebraska. Nebraska's incredible. Yeah. It's such a good movie. It's you guys haven't seen it, check so it out. It's so good. And all the acting. What's the lady's name in it? The um, older woman. She was so oh, fucking yeah. great. Oh, yeah. wife. And I she got man. better every time I saw it, actually. Yeah, that's a movie that like is t- is like tough to get motivated to watch because you see the trailer and it's like black and white and old yeah. people sitting around in a bar and whatever. It's really good. Yeah, Will Forte, Forte is phenomenal. Uh, like the whole thing. Good. Yeah, it's really. And all good. the people, I'd be interested about the bro- like the cousins that he hung out with. You know, <laughs> just total. You'd be interested to like hang out with them. Yeah, just total doofuses. Like I want to see the casting process there. Hey, hey. 
Yeah, I was snubbed again. Uh, okay, well, I gained 42 pounds of muscle for that climb. And I did sit-ups on the side of a building doing my own stunts and then jumped over a car. So, Plus, I let the rock be in that movie. I thought you were great as pain. Oh, thank you so fucking much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, I like they were the comedy team. You know who else was in that movie? Who? The Monk. Or whatever the fuck his name is. The Monk. Oh, right. Tony Shalhoub? Yeah. Based on a true story, I don't know how the Academy doesn't like that fucking movie, but that's I know. Thank you. That's a great... Maybe you guys just didn't fill out the right paperwork to get it. Yeah, maybe it's a clerical error. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you guys should go lift weights before you talk. Do you think... <laughs> there right after the show. We got protein shakes right, and we're going to... Let's do some reps, bro. Let's do it. I'm more of a max out guy rather than a rep guy. Um, <laughs> well, Nick, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. So, did you see Gravity on the big screen or you saw it as a screener? A screener. Okay. Boo. Here's the thing I would... Wait, I had a kid. What am I going to do? I can't That's go to a movie. Bro. You need to IMAX that fucking show. <laughs> in your own home. Next to your in-home gym. Here's the yeah, thing you know, I was... Everybody owns their own IMAX? <laughs> you say that like other people say Netflix that yeah yeah just IMAX that shit um, and I, I understand that like but this is the thing I would say to anybody I think gravity gotta see it big screen in 3D I'm, I'm yeah. so everyone who listens to the show knows how much I dislike 3D but that movie made it better because the 3D actually gave it the depth you felt like you were out in space with her and to me that's, I mean, tw- like you, like DC said, Twelve Years a Slave. If it wins, absolutely, it should win. Captain Phillips, I thought was great, um, and but Gravity Man, in terms of best picture, like he invented technology yeah. for it, and it's an amazing story, and it's it's all Sandra Bullock. I, I don't know. I yeah, really, and also too, I feel like it is pick. among. Yeah. Among like film nerds, including myself, it is this kind of trap that we fall into being like CGI is bad, man. CGI looks shitty because we're imagining like sure. a werewolf in like the ninth Underworld movie or right. something where it looks really bad. But apparently, in Gravity, like almost everything you see that's not their faces is entirely created in a computer. Like, and, like the degree of real reflection is on the um, on the face plates. on the fa- yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's cra- it's so good. and like seeing that much technology put in the service of like just a really human basic story and how well it all fit together. It was really an argument for like other smarter people than me have said this for like the health and, and wellness of like movies as a like theatrical experience. You know, I, experience. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's uh, watching uh, Gravity in 3D in a movie theater was like, oh, that's right. This is what a movie going experience should feel like. And it just felt like an event, even though you're just going to the movies, you're getting your uh, popcorn and your 3D glasses, but it really felt like an event watching that movie. And it wasn't too long. It was well put together. I mean, technology was invented to, just to create the film. It was an amazing experience. I, I think I'm going to go with that, too, for uh, Best Picture. But 12 Years a Slave was one of those movies wow. that, uh, like- you know, if it wins, it's, it, it deserves to as well for different reasons. And even we had this uh, conversation with Rick Overton about 12 Years a Slave. He goes, I really enjoyed that movie. And then he stopped and was like, well, enjoy is the wrong word. Right. It's one of those movies that... It just washes over you when you experience, but you can't really say that that was, oh, really? I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. I'm like, no, I never want to see this movie again. Well, I'm, uh, I'm and it cu- affected I, me in such a different way. That question... It, I, it's, uh, you know, it deserves to win as well. I'm, I'm wondering, just from the Academy's point of view, the fact that when you come out of that movie, 
You're so like you leave Gravity, and you're like, wow, that was a great film. That was fun. You leave Twelve Years a Slave, you're like, man, you're emotionally affected, which is the mark of a good movie. It means the filmmaker did an excellent job getting you to that emotional place. I wonder, and this is just a question, is that gonna make the Academy? Is it gonna turn them off from from it getting from it winning? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, the cynical part of me thinks that because it is such a visceral, real movie that makes like the horror of slavery seem really real and present, whereas some other movies that have treated it like have treated it more just kind of like you know, very in a very kind of prestige movie uh-huh. kind of way. Like, well, we all agree slavery is bad, so no need to like go into the real gory details of it. I think maybe that will kind of turn some people off because it is so. I, I know, like friends of mine, like my friend's mom, when she goes and see a, sees a movie, and she's if she gets out after, she's like, "Oh, that movie was terrible." What she means by terrible was not like I thought the filmmaking was bad, but she means like there was horrible violence in it, therefore it was horrible. Like she views oh. them as being the same thing. She didn't and have I think, a fun experience. Exactly. The cynical part of me thinks there are more people out there maybe that are that are like that, but but I think maybe the hopeful part of me hopes that people will recognize the way that it sort of transport you to this horrible part in world history. I hope, I mean, because, again, you know, Schindler's List was not an easy movie to watch, and yet it won a lot of awards. So I don't know. Well, I, I, I hope, but it, I hope it wins a lot of awards. But again, as we talked about, it's such a strong year. Like, it's, I really feel like, and, and we haven't seen, well, we've seen a little, but it doesn't feel like there's been that much consistency in terms of coming out of, like, Golden Globes and SAG of, like, oh, this... This movie or this actor is the front runner. It kind of seems like it could kind of go any direction for the Oscars. So that's it, a mark of a good year of movies, so, too. right? Right. Have right. you have you guys talked about her at all on the show? Yeah, we. Yes. Have. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you guys like it, uh, Grant? You haven't seen it yet, right? I don't think I'm going to see yeah, it. Yeah, really. Um, I actually. Why not? Uh, I'm just. I, I, well, <laughs> oh, we don't have whole... another thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's a well-made movie. I like Spike Jones. I am just bummed out. As a guy that's gone through a divorce and is single, that that's my best option. <laughs> is to a robot like that's my. It would hit Graham on a little too personal of a level. What's that? I'm yeah. oh, sorry, Mark. I got you, dude. We'll go out tonight. You'll fucking forget about everything. <laughs> All right. He'll introduce you to Optimus Prime. Yeah. Maybe you guys will hit it off. Just see where it goes. Three months on that movie, I still haven't seen a fucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's going to be... Do you get to work with any of the Dinobots? I don't know. The whole fucking movie is just me walking around shit. And they're like, oh, they'll show up later. I'm like, well, then when are they going to fucking show up? Because I haven't seen one Transformer this entire <laughs> So in your mind, it's just that they're not there yet. I think it's, it's not... Just, I think it's just me reacting to bombs. The whole fucking movie. <laughs> uh, whatever. That'll sell 100 mil. Guaranteed. <laughs> I, uh... Getting back to her, I actually we had a long discussion with Laura House about it, and uh, I, I really liked it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was. I, I, I saw somebody on Twitter be like, "Well, it had a lot of good scenes, but I think we can all agree, like Spike Jones, not a very good screenwriter," which couldn't be further from the truth because yeah. I feel like his writing, like his dialogue writing, is very kind of like plain spoken and like very. It's like the way people actually talk. I feel like, and I feel like but a lot of times people level. confuse that with there's another not being good it. writing because they want good writing like to be like poetic dialogue which it definitely doesn't have but I think that he made it so real and all of the story moments in it were like perfectly calibrated moments of like genre and emotion and humor and sci-fi it was incredible I I think even though he writes his dialogue a little bit more 
more accessibly, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, I think there's another level to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. The way absolutely. when you're like, okay, well, what, you know, now totally. I see what's really going on. When I think on. people aren't motivated to look behind it as much when it just sounds like, oh, that's just the way me and my friends talk. Right. You know what I, I mean? Lance mm-hmm. Bangs did a really great uh, documentary about it, actually. Oh, really? Like, behind the scenes interviews. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I really want to see that. Yeah, that's really awesome. Good. I where saw where it, is that available, by the way? It's on YouTube. Oh, right on. Mm hmm. I saw it with a uh, in a theater like full of like really drunk people because it was like eleven on a Friday night. I don't know why. I think they were just like, yeah, fuck that computer, bro. Um, but there was there was a moment. Like, cool world. Yeah, I think so. There was a dude. Fuck it's that like such computer, a, bro. It's like such a subtle, awesome, wonderfully put together movie. And there was a dude that was just like is like devoted to just like saying the subtext of like every moment. So there's like the first time after they. It's not really a spoiler because you kind of know that he gets in a relationship with his computer after the first time he and his computer kind of first have like essentially like phone sex and there's this great scene where the next morning he's kind of like walking out and it's just really kind of like weird like it would be after a weird hookup it's it's totally silent in the theater and the one dude just goes awkward (laughs) and then there's another part of the movie again not really a spoiler out of context where he tries to bring up the program the Scarlett Johansson program and it's not working and the dude just goes virus (laughs) (laughs) he was so ahead of it yeah. <laughs> no. He wasn't. That's yeah. not what happens. But uh, but I just love that dude. That was like clearly when somebody's enjoying something, but in a totally different and completely annoying yeah. way, <laughs> it ruins your experience of it. <laughs> Virus, <laughs> which yes. is also what I said when I saw Rent. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta close it out on an age joke. Perfect close. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's our show, guys. So, um, big round of applause. Come on now. We want to thank these guys for being on the show. Nick, what do you got? What's coming up? Two and eight's website. Uh, yeah, no, I've actually got a new hour special coming on Netflix. Awesome. Uh, February 18th. Called right. Folk Hero. Sweet. Oh, cool. And it's all... I'm a folk hero. It's true. He <laughs> is. <laughs> true story. And where yeah. can people find you online? And uh, NickThune.com. At NickThune. Yeah. Right on. Well, if you guys... And tour dates on there and stuff. I'll be in San Diego February 20th. Awesome. Yeah. Nick Thune, everybody. How about thank a big you. round of applause? Uh, I am the, the author of two kind of like uh, science fiction-y, coming-of-age-y uh, novels that are also funny that if you listen to this show, I bet you you would like. Um, the first one is called The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To. The other one is called Crap Kingdom. Also, if you are like an auditory person, I read both of the audiobooks, so check those out if you prefer uh, audiobooks and junk. Um, and I'm also at DC Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N, on Twitter. Sweet, guys. I, uh, I tweeted a photo of all four of us backstage, so if you follow me at Grandma on Twitter, you'll have DC and Nick's and Chris's Twitter handles are all in that. And also, um, a young man by the name of Daniel Van Kirk, you might know him as Mark Wahlberg, um, you can follow him at, at Daniel Van Kirk. Uh, he's a hilarious sketch performer. You know, he also does Steven Seagal. He does a great Steven Seagal. <laughs> is, I don't know, did Steven walk into the club? Is Steven here? What a- <laughs> Guys, break a board or government assistance. Uh, Arigato, Mr. Seagal. Um, of course, uh, we will be in uh, San Diego. Doing uh, a live stream for Laughter. Live stream December 29th, and we will live stream it on Laughter. So wherever you guys are, you can watch that. It'll be uh, 8 o'clock Pacific time. 
if you go to Laughster and what we're going to do, all of the Laughster donations, we're all going to send them towards the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter campaign. campaign. Again, that's called Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. It's in Kickstarter. You can go to comedyfilmers.com and click through and donate. We've got about 29. It ends on February 24th. So donate, spread the word, and we can get this documentary made. There's awesome interviews on there with like Aisha Tyler and Mark Marin that are in the Kickstarter video if you haven't seen it. Um, check it out. Um, and of course, at Comedy Film Nerds. We've got a lot of stuff. We've got the uh, Whistling Bane shirts. We do have Whistling the, Bane uh, shirts. In fact, we brought some today. Yeah, if you, well, we, uh, if we you have a couple to sell as well as uh, Comedy Film Nerds books. We brought books. those. And uh, like I said, we always appreciate you guys uh, supporting the store and the Kickstarter. There's a lot of stuff on the store right now, including some downloads. There's like four feature films then. We just put up uh, Dave Anthony's uh, CD, Shame Chamber, as a download. Right on, you guys. Thank you so much. We want to thank the Punchline Comedy Club, uh, San Sketch Francisco Fest. Sketch Fest, which has got another like two weeks all yeah, yeah. year. Go to more shows. Uh, see all these gentlemen. Thank you. Pearson, Nick Thune, and Dan Van Kirk, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brian Allen. I'm Chris Mancini, and as always, remember, remember Punch Shot First. Bye.